0: who didn't want to be part of the family business, but soon they see the sense of the scheme and Michael assures them that it is not personal, it's just business. Well, he may well believe that, but when he decided to tell his father that he was with him, it now means that he is part of the family business after all. Well, that's all a side issue to the book itself, but it does show how V.F. Perkins and his essays can lead to deeper appreciation of just how movies work. Again, the book is V. F. Perkins on Movies, edited by Douglas Pye, and published by Wayne State University Press at 510 pages in trade paperback. Well, that's it for now. Until next week, when Film at 11 once again appears at 10.30 a.m. on Friday the 15th here on Community Radio KBOO. Portland.
1: to listener-supported community radio, KBOO Portland. I
2: wanna thank you, yes, thank you. Thank you KBOO supporters, for helping us reach our end of the year fundraising goal. KBOO only exists because of you, our KBOO community. So thank you for keeping these airwaves going and supporting volunteer-powered, community-supported radio.
0: KABU Community Radio holds open meetings concerning the operations and programming of KABU in accordance with requirements of the Communications Act of 1934 and certification requirements of the corporation... For public broadcasting, information about KBU Community Radio's open meeting policy is available at our website at kboo.fm. Due to temporary closure of in-station activity at KBU, meetings will be conducted online via public video conferencing unless otherwise noted. A public link and phone number to attend the meetings are available at our website. The personnel committee meets on the second Monday of the month at 6 p.m. Please visit our website at kboo.fm to verify if a meeting is being held.
3: Da-da-da. Welcome, Welcome to, to Peace,
2: love and, love, and Soup.
4: Audio nourishment for the heart and mind with Brian Delaney and
3: Tave Fache Drake. Da-da-da, da-da-da, da-da. You learn a lot about someone when you share a meal together. Anthony Bourdain.
2: When the sun takes off her hat and she sinks into the sea, you can almost taste the oranges and reds, believe you me. And all the lamps turn on and the flowers close tight and the golden naked moon enters the still blue night. Hi, Brian.
4: Hi, Taveh. Well, as they say, all good things must come to an end.
3: A clam's end, that (laughs) is. Thank you, Michael Cunningham, for the inspiration. I very much enjoyed your book.
4: Well, we've arrived at the third and final episode of our P-Town Trilogy, and the soup talk continues, both in and out of the kitchen, accompanied by some deep cuts from Zoe Lewis's vast catalog of music.
3: In this culminating episode, my friend, Rhode Island resident April Brown and I go on a soup-making adventure. We share stories while cooking her grandmother's traditional recipe for Narragansett chowder.
4: Mark Bjorstrom, vice chair and treasurer of Skip, the soup kitchen in Provincetown, gives us a behind-the-scenes tour of the network involved in nourishing the Outer Cape community.
3: Set your stovetops to simmer, sit back, and enjoy our Provincetown finale, P-Town Soup, Part 3, Clams End.
2: I can smell the summer air, rose hips and skin, and the sound of wings around my head as the birds flying. So I'm shaking off the sand in this salty little town, cause anything is possible if we just... Slow
4: down. Here we are outside the West End Salon and Spa. Let's go in and talk to Dougie, the owner and hairdresser extraordinaire hi Dougie where's the stripper pole I heard you have a stripper pole
5: yes that's correct it was called dancing for discounts <laughs> I came up with an innovative idea I put up a stripper pole right here anchored to the major beam in this old building Then for every minute you dance on the pole you got a dollar off your bill. Like this lovely lady here would have, if she had danced 20 minutes would have got $20 off her bill. How much did she dance today? She hasn't danced yet, but she may at one point.
3: But now I want to mention it has been replaced clearly by a disco ball. Does the dancing discount still apply?
5: The dancing discount does not apply and I'll finish my story by saying that we created so much of a ruckus in Provincetown and we stopped traffic that the town made me cease because I do not have an entertainment license. Let me just tell you this. Provincetown is a town where two 400-pound bald gay men can French kiss on the street, but you better not dance without a license. <laughs> beautiful.
3: Wait, has this always been where the Salon was located?
5: Yes, the West End Salon has always been located at 155 Commercial Street.
4: This is a beautiful store. So when I say clam chowder, what do you think?
5: I think a Snow's clam chowder right out of the can, and you can mix it with a little milk and heat it up with some butter, and you could pass it off as the real thing. You can't beat it for the price, and you get a nice big can for 79 cents. Speaking of clams, fried clams was invented by a man named Chubby Woodman, and Chubby Woodman has a restaurant there in Essex, Mass., called Woodman's, but he's deceased. It's his great-grandson that's running it. Uh, anyway, that's the story in Essex Mass, which as the crow flies is not very far from Provincetown.
4: Perfect. Thank you, Dougie. Thank you, thank you, to you, all thank, of you thank you. Thank
2: you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. thank you. Bye. When dog is about to meet war It's a beautifully dangerous time and it feels like the edge of the world and I feel so happy on mine.
4: Town hall and there's these two beautiful golden retrievers and one has a birthday hat on that says 13.
1: His name is Phoenix. Oh.
4: Happy birthday Phoenix. And the other dog?
1: And his half-brother is named Griffin. I just love seeing you out with your dogs. Do you find P-town mm-hmm. to be very dog friendly? Oh, yeah, P-town is the most dog friendly town. They let them in the post office. They let them on the trolley ride through town, every store, in the theater there. Yeah, and they have the fountain that has a level just for dogs. It's really a dog town. It was voted one of the most friendliest towns for dogs by Dog Fancy Magazine a few years ago. And there's so many dogs walking up and down the street. They love it here. It's the best.
4: Do they like to eat soup?
1: Oh, yeah. They love chicken soup. The more chicken, the better.
4: Do you have a favorite soup?
1: My favorite is probably chicken soup also.
4: How about you, sir? Mine is scallop stew. Do you make that at home? or?
1: I
5: get it at bookstore restaurant in Wellfleet.
4: Do you have a favorite soup?
5: I would
1: say onion soup.
3: Tell us your favorite thing about Provincetown. There's just endless activities
1: to do here. Certain uh, special weekends, Women's Week, Holly New Year's. Well, I
5: live here in town six months out of the year, probably the best part of the year, May through October. And what I love about Provincetown is the people. 99% of them are great people.
1: We love the entertainment here. Uh, we love to see a singer named Zoe Lewis, who does speakeasies that are a lot of fun. There's another singer named Billy Huff, who performs in town. And our favorite comedian, Suzanne Westenhofer, who comes a couple of times during the year. So we go to shows almost every night. Yeah,
4: we've been invited to three already.
1: <laughs> sure. There's so much to do.
4: Thank you all. And have a great Thank birthday, you, Felix. You've got to give your dogs here, Tabe. I'm
3: going to have to. Maybe when I move out here, I'll bring them with <laughs>
2: In a town they call moonlight, away from the bustle of tourists and taffy and pizza and beer. There's a place where I go, where the water is swimming with stars, by the fishing boats down at the pier. I'm not one for clubbing, I really must say I feel much more like dancing when I'm underneath the Milky Way Hold my hand on my heart if you like me, okay Let's go squidding With the grandpas and boys I'm really not kidding It's full of summertime joy
3: We are talking to Mark Bjorstrom, the Vice Chair and Treasurer of the Soup Kitchen in Provincetown, also known as Skip. Welcome to Peace, Love, and Soup, Mark.
0: Pleasure to be here. I'm so incredibly proud of Skip. I can talk for hours, but I promise not to.
4: Thanks for being with us, and tell us about your organization and how it came into being.
0: It's the Soup Kitchen in Provincetown, which is at the very end of the tip of Cape Cod in Massachusetts, We're a beloved organization, which started as a soup kitchen 27 years ago, but now serves a full meal. Soup is always included, and we're famous for our our local soups. We have three missions.
3: Absolutely beautiful.
4: Do you serve three meals a day?
0: No, it's just lunch, Monday through Friday. We also serve on Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I will say this last Thanksgiving was over the top. We served over 200 folks. Oh, my God. Wow. We've got quite a following. We're not affiliated with any religious organization, but we have for the past 10 years.
3: Unfortunately, not being open year-round, we were not able to visit. And I have to ask you this, how many cooks are in the kitchen?
0: <laughs> Sometimes too many, right? <laughs> how the old thing goes. So we only have three paid positions, and one of them is our executive chef, Bethany Marie Gregory. She's very well-known in P-Town. So when the restaurant that she now owns and works closes down for the season, she pops right over. And then the chefs that are working under her are all volunteers. Normally the morning staff 9:30 to 12:30 is for the folks that like to actually roll up their sleeves and chop dice slice and make the meal and then 11:30
4: we found, and we interviewed people at the end of the summer, Tave was like, oh my God, what is this town? It embraced me in a day. I'm like, yeah, that's Provincetown.
0: So thrilled to hear you say that, Brian. There's no place else like it on earth. I know I'm a little bit biased, but Mm -hmm. it is such a welcoming, warm, hugely supportive environment. The town really goes out for us. An example of that is Mm -hmm. the first week in December, we hold what we call Super Saturday. We reach out to 30 of the restaurants in the town.
3: the community you serve?
0: Anyone's welcome. Everyone's welcome. Mm -hmm. We never ask questions. You know, P-Town doesn't have a huge homeless population, I think mostly because of weather in the winter, but there are some and they know that they're welcome and can come for a good meal and talk to their friends. So folks come in. It might be their first time there. They might be a regular and kind of reminds me of high school where people come in and they save seats for their friends. Remember that in the cafeteria days. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, it's great and we serve about 80 people 100 meals a day. The reason for that is we also have a takeaway meal so if we have food left over which we almost always plan for folks can get seconds or take a meal to go. Uh, We also started a Friday takeaway so folks can take a nice meal with them for either a Saturday or Sunday.
3: I love it so much.
0: Toward the end of our season the beginning of April we'll pass out a survey and ask folks what do they think what else could we be doing? How else could we expand our mission? And one of the questions we ask is, where are you from? And as one would expect, about 70% are from P-Town, but then our neighboring towns of Truro and Wellfleet have a regular group that comes in. The other question that I ask on the survey is, is the meal that you get at Skip your only hot meal of the day? And about 50% say yes.
3: So this could make the difference in a person's day or their week or their whole life.
0: That's exactly how we feel. And I will tell you this, Toby, it's the handwritten answers. People say, thank you, thank you. This is the best thing that's happened to P-Town in many, many years. We couldn't survive without you. You're always a smiling face, and the food is so good, and we really appreciate you. Reading that is so heartwarming.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, it's that personal touch. You know, it's people spending totally. time with people.
0: It is. And you know what? There's a lot of hugs in that room. And <laughs> it's just been such a needed service, but such a gratifying one as well. I retired early five years ago, and my goal has always been to give back because I've been so fortunate in my life. You know, I was a bank executive coming from Manhattan. I didn't know what to expect. And then. Mm-hmm. From day one as a volunteer I just thought oh my god this has been so incredibly important for me individually I mean I needed to be knocked down a few (laughs) levels I think and people come in from all walks of life and that's been the real pleasure and the real eye-opener for me
3: you mentioned how you came to skip is there an average type of volunteer there
0: Very good question, Tavi, and I will say that, first of all, there's nothing ever average about (laughs) (laughs) P-Town.
3: Well, I sort of suspected that, but I have to ask.
0: You know, our guests are kind of aging out, but so are many of our volunteers. You know, the good news is many of our volunteers have been with us for well over 10 years. One of our founders, Diana Hardy, is still volunteers, and she was there at the beginning 27 years ago. Mm -hmm. We do get a good influx of volunteers. Phil Francini, who is now our chair, he's also our marketing guru. He reaches out through our website, but also we have a Facebook page. We have the P-Town community page. There are various ways to reach out to the community to let them know, hey, folks, we're going to be doing our volunteer orientation. We can always use more help. And people clamor in the doors because it's not just the service part of it, but everybody just has a hell of a good time.
4: Well, if I ever move back to P-town, I know where I'm going to volunteer.
3: I know where I'm (laughs) going
0: to eat. Remember, you said that. Yes, (laughs) I'll be looking out for
4: you. (laughs) And I make soup too, so hey. Hey.
0: Absolutely. My favorite, because I know you're going to ask this. My favorite soup is tomato basil soup, and Bethany makes one of the best in town.
3: Mm. Tell us a little more specifically about herb tomato basil soup.
0: Well, it's roasted plum tomatoes, and it's creamy, but not over the top creamy. And I look forward to it every time it's on the menu and of course now that i'm a transplant to the northeast clam chowder has to be on that list how interesting Mm. even though i lived in manhattan for 10 years that's not chowder (laughs) hopefully
3: those people won't you're not a tomato chowder guy
0: now i'm in
4: trouble there's a lot of you out there that believe manhattan chowder is not chowder
3: mark what type of chowder are you all making at skip
0: oh my god chowder 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 well chowder is very popular. Corn chowder is popular. But when we have New England clam chowder, people are lining out the door waiting for it. It's always a crowd pleaser. And you throw in some oyster crackers and some Tabasco and you are ready to hit town.
3: Mm. Does Bethany make hers with dairy then?
0: You know, Bethany is so good about this. She can make it a gluten-free vegan and vegetarian style. Sometimes she will make clam chowder, and she'll also have a secondary non-dairy chowder. And she's so creative. The restaurant in town, Between the Tides, this was her first year, very successful. And it has so many vegan options that people just flock to her because she understands what that really means.
4: And where is that in town?
0: Smack dab in the middle. The Portuguese bakery is out front. Mm -hmm. And she'll
4: be there next year as well?
0: She will be.
3: So people who want to support women in business tween the tides, that's a place for there you. Go. And you can get you vegan, dairy free, gluten. you
0: said that and she's going to want to come right over and give you a big hug.
3: Mark, we ponder this often having a soup podcast. What does the word soup mean to you?
0: I would say nourishment. And I mean that in a couple of different ways soup means coming together as community, coming together as family, coming together as friends, and all those ingredients go into making something fabulous, and that's what a community should be. Ingredients being the people coming together makes into a wonderful nourishment offering, and isn't that what we should all be about?
3: Well, yes, yes, this is exactly one of the reasons why we started Peace, Love, and Soup in the first place. As we get further and further into our episodes and our seasons, the metaphorical meaning of soup has become a more prominent part of it to us, all of us together, working together, looking out for one another in all of our perfect imperfections.
0: And don't we need more of that Mm -hmm. these days? Mm -hmm.
4: We also spoke to Jay Critchley. I love Jay. Yeah, he's such a lovely man. He does
0: the Swim for Life event and Skip is one of the beneficiaries Because of the hurricane this year and the shark alert, Swim for Life got curtailed a little bit. So, what did he do? He brought all those t shirts that were available and he handed them out to our guests. It was just so incredible. And he's very well known in town and he does a great job.
3: I just want to say I am soup and nuts for Jay (laughs)
0: Critchley. (laughs) He's a good guy. What
3: other organizations or individuals help keep the doors open, Mark?
0: Our biggest fundraiser of the year is our appeal letter, and that goes out in November. We reach out for any grant that we can get. P-Town itself has grant money. And then again, the local restaurants, I mentioned Super Saturday, which is Holly Folly Week in December. They hold fundraisers for us and they empty their shelves to donate because it's the end of their season. So I would say the community is incredibly supportive of Skip. We also have other organizations very much supportive of us and we're supportive of them. How, as in helping our women, a organization that helping local women, and men for that matter, but mostly women, that need transportation to doctor's appointments or need help meeting their monthly rent. We also have ASGCC, the aid support group of Cape Cod. That started, obviously, in the 80s, very much needed. So there's some great organizations that support each other. We are all very conscious of our expenses, and if we can expand our mission, we always look to do that. There's a Meals on Wheels program in town. We want to see if we can help support them, but also make sure that we're monitoring our expenses and doing what our donors want us to do.
3: So many individuals keep the doors open at Skip. It's a Cape community aspect.
0: And it's one of the lovely things of living in P-Town, that sense of caring. I mentioned earlier we work out of the Methodist Church. Reverend Jim Cox sadly passed away last year. And in the spirit of community, we are doing a scholarship for Cape Cod Community College in his name. And, since he was from New Orleans, he wanted a big New Orleans (laughs) type of memorial and that's exactly what he got with a parade down Commercial Street.
3: Really? So like a second line, Mardi Gras style parade?
0: It was a Mardi Gras memorial. Beads were being thrown and music was playing and it wound up at the church with a huge feast.
4: Any costumes?
0: Well, um, if you're not familiar with P-Town, if there's any (laughs) other costumes. (laughs) And there were many.
4: (laughs) And Mark, please tell our listeners how they can find
0: out more. Absolutely. It's skipfood.org, and you can find out more about our organization and just ways to contribute, whether it be financially or just volunteering.
3: That's skipfood.org, or S-K-I-P-F-O-O-D dot O-R-G. And people should know that every dollar they donate is going directly to strengthen the work that Skip does, which goes well beyond soup.
0: Oh, Tavi, you're great. I'm going to hire you. (laughs) There's so many things to donate to, and we want people to feel that if they donate to Skip, it's really going directly to helping folks that need it. As treasurer, I can tell you, is part and parcel of what we do. Mm -hmm. Again, we only have three paid positions, and they're part-time, our executive chef, Office Administrator Hillary Who's year-round But part-time In our dishwasher Because we can't Always get Volunteers for us, The dishwashing Part of it And that's Dave Didier He's fabulous He's been with us A couple of years
3: I would love To be a spokesperson For Skip And I also Enjoy doing dishes So I can be Ooh. A helper
2: there
0: Oh, oh my god Okay <laughs> I've got you On the list here First of all I just love your name Thank you Well not Not your personal name Although I love that too <laughs> But Peace, Love, and Soup is just fabulous. I love it. And, of course, it fits right in with what we're going. So next time you guys are in town, video. We're all hams.
3: Oh, my goodness. We could have a follow-up live stream. We
0: would love that. Totally. Mm. Stephanie in the kitchen with
4: Peace, Love, and Soup.
0: That would be great.
4: That's our dream for the show.
3: It is. From our mouth to God's ear and also to yours, since we're talking with (laughs) you, Mark, we are actively looking to fundraise and pay an editor and that sort of thing. So if you know of people that are looking to support a wonderful entrepreneurial endeavor.
0: Let's stay in touch. I really appreciate this opportunity to get not only our word out, but your word as well.
3: Thank you, Mark. We appreciate the work you and Skip do. I had such a wonderful time in Provincetown. It still fills my soul to this day, and I know I will be back.
0: That just warms my heart to hear, and I can't wait to see you on Commercial Street. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Tave and Brian. Bye.
2: Swirling around in the beautiful blue Somewhere between the equator and you There's a tear in the sky where the albatross flew Man and his madness makes nightmares come true Unfortunately this is so And that's why I want you to know there is an island the size of Texas, a floating island of piles and piles of plastic. It's simply drastic, it's not fantastic, because the fish is all eat plastic soup. And all the currents converge together, bringing plastic. It's catastrophic, it never breaks down, it's microscopic, and now the fish is all e plastic soup.
4: Did you know clams?
3: Did you know clams are a member of the bivalve family, which also includes scallops, oysters, and mussels, which then comes under the larger umbrella of the mollusk world. They have two shells of equal size connected by two adductor muscles, with a very powerful burrowing foot for rapid and effective digging.
4: The animal can burrow deeply within sand, mud, and other substrates, including wood and rock. Whoa. They live in both freshwater and marine environments, varying from species to species, nation to nation. There are over 150 different edible species of clams in the world, but the greatest diversity of clams can be found right here in North America.
3: Did you know clams have kidneys, a heart, a mouth, a stomach, and a nervous system? Many have a long siphon in which to breathe and feed when buried just below the surface to depths of up to two feet, so as to protect themselves from hungry predators. One species of abra clam, however, has been discovered in the Pacific Ocean at a depth of more than 16,000 feet.
4: Wow. Did you know clams are a low-fat, high-protein seafood choice with an above average amount of healthy minerals such as selenium, zinc, iron, magnesium, and B vitamins like niacin. In the fish market, clams have unique names for their varying sizes and species. The smallest, legally harvestable clams are called count necks, or peanuts. The next size up are little necks, then top necks. Above that are cherry stones, with the largest being called cahogs or cohogs, where I come from.
3: Did you know the cawhog comes from the Narragansett word It is first mentioned in North American English in 1794. Tribes in the Northeast made valuable beads used as jewelry or currency called wampum made from the shells, especially those purple in color.
4: Fun fact, in Cape Cod and other New England areas, the crushed shells are used in paving parking lots and pathways. They are environmentally more sound than asphalt, provide nutrients to the soil, and make a more stable path than gravel.
3: And finally, have you ever wondered where the idiom happy as a clam, meaning content or exceedingly happy, comes from? Well, originating in the early 19th century, the full phrase is happy as a clam at high tide. The idea behind this expression is that clams are safer or more secure and theoretically happiest when the ocean is at high tide and thus protected from predation by birds or famished beach going humans. <laughs> hmm, that would be me.
2: <laughs> hey. And all the seagulls and the tiny turtles, colossal whales, are full of plastic. Even the porpoise is feeling nauseous. He can't digest the plastic soup And in the food chain The jellyfishes are sifting water That's full of plastic Sardines are swordfish Tuna to my dish And now the humans all eat plastic soup You're,
3: You're listening, listening to Peace, Love, and Soup
2: Summer's near Summer's near Summer's near Wake up your rowboats and your fishing poles, open up the bottom drawer and grab your favorite clothes.
3: Peace, love, and soup listeners, I'm here with April Brown, welcome.
2: It's a pleasure to be here.
3: She is a writer and the director of the Langston Hughes Community Poetry Reading in Providence, Rhode Island.
6: I'm so excited we're making my mom's chowder.
3: We had a synchronicitous type of meeting. I overheard April talking about Narragansett chowder, and the hair just rose up on my arm.
6: Chowder, yeah. And I remember saying, mm, what kind of clam chowder are you talking about? Is that the one with the milk in it? That's not real New England clam chowder.
3: April just got back from a trip to Ghana and I have extended my stage showing our dedication to friendship and the soup making process.
6: Peace and love. That's my signature and you said soup and I said it's marriage made in heaven. We've got to do
3: it. It's going to be a peace, love and soup adventure. Here we go. Wow, it is happening here at the grocers. Now, your mother gave you the recipe that we're going to be following.
6: Yeah, this is the recipe that her Native American grandmother and great-grandmother would cook on the beach, and the whole family would come from all over Rhode Island, and it was a big to-do.
3: What actually goes into the Narragansett chowder?
6: All right, so it's potatoes, hogs, slab bacon, garlic, onions, celery, bay leaves, and clam juice.
3: Got it. Cool. There is clam juice here.
6: And it's relatively local. It's Maine. We'll take it. Excuse us. Do you have slab bacon?
5: Closest thing that you're going to get to that is pork belly. That's it. Like that right there. That's probably like a quarter
6: pound? Yeah. And I'm being called to that. Smoked bacon in the front. Yep, that right there. Three slices about an inch thick. It's going to smell like something else in that kitchen, boy.
3: (laughs) It is. It's going to smell like the beach. What was it? April Brown here is going to teach us how to cook Narragansett chowder.
1: That sounds phenomenal. If you're on the East Coast, you need to eat chowder. That's just how it is. I don't even know what to tell you. I mean, we're from R.I. We love chowder.
6: Hold on. Excuse me. Do you have caw hogs?
2: I don't believe we do today. They're not in stock right now. We do have our little necks.
6: Mom was saying, authentically, you have to use cahogs. What is a cahog? So a cahog is the Native American name for a clam, but they're a bigger clam. So we have to go to the seafood market.
3: But now, we would never use canned clams, is that right? My God, that's like heresy.
6: <laughs> we are going to go to Captain's Catch, that closes at 6 o'clock.
3: Oh, heck, we better get there. So off to the fish market we go.
6: This is exactly the way to come back from the Ghana trip, making soup with friends. Did you have any soup when you were in Ghana? Oh my god, a soup. It's E-G-U-S-I. It is grain, it's a protein, and it smells like the earth, and it tastes like heaven, and it looks like eggs. After you mix it with water, a oh, oh, you can't even know. What is in agusi soup? So it's a goosey, spinach, and a black-eyed pea. They sometimes will put meat in it. Oh my God, I can't help you know how good that was.
3: (laughs) Anything specific you want to share about your trip?
6: Well, I will tell you I learned how to dicker. You've learned the art of bargaining. Yeah, the element of it is when you buy things, the Ghanaians, if they say 150 CD, then you have to cut it in half because that's actually what it is. And then you try to get it down to a fourth.
3: If you can do that, you have got the deal. Captain's catch, there it is. I wonder if we're going to have to be doing any bargaining at the fish market.
6: <laughs> this
2: is his favorite fish store. Yeah, <gasps> well, look at those beauties. Yeah,
6: so, those are the shells.
3: It looks like the shell is about as large around as my fist. They're cleaner.
6: There's not so much sand in it.
3: I'm looking forward to not having a bunch of sand in my clams. <laughs> <laughs> me too. How about that? <laughs> How's it going
2: tonight?
6: Pretty good. How you doing? Pretty good. Yeah. So we want to see if they have them already shucked in, in a container. Okay,
5: let me just double check okay. for you. Okay? Hogs? Yep.
0: Ready? Just these two for today? Yes,
3: please. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. Success. So we got our already shucked cahogs.
6: You know what we forgot to get? White wine.
3: Do we need to even have that for the recipe?
6: It's funny. I put white wine in mine just a little (laughs) bit because we're going to have that smoked bacon along with the pork belly. Mm -hmm. We're messing with the recipe already.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Brian and I did all of our regular recording up in P-Town.
6: I love P-Town. I, um used to do uh, whale watching tours with students and that's where we would start and then you know you go out into the Atlantic Ocean and you see these amazing whales it was captivating I love being in the water in Provincetown at the very edge and the sun sets and you feel as if you're communing with something very special. There's something about that place. It's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. I remember the last time I was there, something traumatic had happened, and I went there by myself, and it healed me. I think it's vibrational, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I had so much fun. I sat and I ate and I drank, and I was like, whew, I think I'm better now. That's really why I like this place. I love it.
3: I'm having a good time. We're gonna get our wine, and then we are gonna be all set to go home and start cooking and sipping. Is this your register that's open? We bought a Pinot Grigio at Santa Margarita.
5: That was my pick. Enjoy that immensely. Thank you.
3: Let's go home and cook. Okay. We are gonna be making chowder in this centuries old pot. This was my grandma browns from her
6: husband's grandmother. So it might be a couple of hundred years old. It's a heavy
3: cast iron.
6: This is the pot that I remember my mom making soup in all of my life.
3: So you're getting this ready with the pork belly. And then about another
6: quarter pound. This smoky bacon, it was just calling to me, hoping that my mom and my grandmother, may she rest in peace. Don't get mad at me for amending the recipe a little bit should she hear it what you mean you use smoked bacon just a little just a little just one piece my promise now you're cutting these into bite sized pieces so it can cook a little faster and cook that up first it doesn't take a long time but you want the fat to
3: get fatty (laughs) so narragansett chowder is cawhog chowder it is not spicy it does not have milk in it. It does not have tomato of any kind in it, yeah.
6: but it does have potato. It can have potato, to be honest, I think my grandmother put tapioca starch. See, what else are we gonna do? I'm gonna we start
3: chopping. Chop.
6: All right, and I'll chop up the onion.
3: So while you dice that whole onion, I'm gonna dice up these three stalks. The leafy celery, okay. And chop up the leaves too. It's not like the leafy part's gonna be a garnish. It's all just getting cooked in. It's all
6: in there, yeah. This is not fancy cooking, this is country cooking.
3: It's it gonna it go in now? Now. Oh, okay. It in it's a one-pot meal, I think. It is indeed. This is how you
6: sustained a family. My grandmother, Gladys, came from a family of 13. And you know, once the children got old enough, shoot, it's something that they could make. You know, old world cooking. All right, I'm gonna throw these onions in here. Do the garlic. There we go, that snap cracker pop. Gotta let the roots cook. And now we're going to get that nice smell And that reduced mm. down a little bit Oh, shucky shucky Grandma you see it? You're happy? People said that she wasn't such a good cook But I don't believe it Because there's just a way Of showing love My grandmother showed it When she would cook for us My grandmother showed it when she would sing for us She was such a happy person She was my
3: favorite person in the whole world my mother's mother she's from an immigrant scandinavian family people said she couldn't sing and in church she'd stand up and just belt Belt it out and then she had this sing-songy way of sort of talk singing old shirley temple songs to me there was nothing more beautiful to me than her voice yeah i
6: understand
3: and i think there's really something to be said for doing something you love and not being so critical of yourself that you stop doing it. You're right about that. Here's to our grandmothers okay. and their cast iron skillets. up. While our fruits and fat are mm. reducing, we've washed off three potatoes about the size of your palm. Little white potatoes.
6: You know, you keep the skin on them. Again, this isn't fancy cooking. You could put everything
3: together and put that in a crock pot and keep it moving, you know? Mm-hmm and how many times a month or a year would you make this
6: definitely in the summer and around the holiday i mean i remember we would eat at eskamitzan this kind of harvesty thing around halloween this harvest of the
3: beans and the corn i'm just thinking back to when my children were little we did a lot of gardening and you planted these three things next to each other the corn went up then acts as the stock for the beans, and then you planted squash around the outside as the protector to
6: the bean plant? That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. I'll try cubing that, see if I like that. Nope, I don't like that. And I remember us eating it at Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. It was hard for us to celebrate Thanksgiving, you know? It wasn't particularly a, a time of happiness and joy for <laughs> Native Americans, mm-hmm. but... I always think about my grandmother making the soup. And I walked into her home, and I said, what is that wonderful smell, Grandma? And she said, oh, that's chowder. And I said, chowder? Clam chowder? But it doesn't have any milk in it. And my grandmother, with all of her humor, said, shh, you don't put milk and no chowder that's not real chowder (laughs) i had no idea that i had entered into this cultural uh peace with her but there is appropriation that happens right and it's a it's a deep and wide thing and it happens not just here in rhode island with the narragansett it happens in texas It happens in California, it happens in Florida, it happens in Portland, right? And so the challenge is to understand it and then be able to articulate it in a way that makes sense and then find a platform where you can speak about it, right? This is chowder, what people call New England clam chowder that's something else this is the traditional chowder and it's something that she said that we've been making this kind of whatever was in the water chowder for generations right right. take a peek at that in there oh yeah that is really working out give it a little bit more heat. put the potatoes in yeah there they go and then a few bay leaves
3: that's almost ready. So I'm opening this bottle of Pinot Grigio that we're going to have. April is opening up these two bottles and of pure all-natural clam juice ready to use. But it was interesting. You'd pop it off like you would an old-fashioned soda bottle.
6: That was really kind of cute.
3: I'm going to have a sip of it. Oh, that is tasty juice. Okay, so that's good. Right, so, let's
6: four, one,
3: so we've got our two little bottles of clam juice that went in. 16 fluid ounces in total
6: oh baby look how pretty they're huge we have two pints shucked crawhogs. they're the last thing that you put into the recipe but we want to be able to cut them out because it's like quadruple the size of clam mm-hmm. put in one okay on, and the other. ready one two three go we'll cut them while they're in there okay perfect
3: And the nice thing is, we got enough broth too.
6: We got way, way, way enough broth. Good.
3: Will be enough for you and for me and save some for Elizabeth, who will probably show up later. She's going to want to taste and see how well
6: we did. And
3: remember, we're going to put a tablespoon of wine. Brian Delaney, I know that you would approve of this. (laughs) When we were doing our mother's soup recipe, which was chicken noodle soup, we were adding white wine. Yes, my mom would not give us the
6: blues about the wine. She believes that wine should go with everything, in everything,
3: and in you too.
6: All right, so we've got to let it kind of,
3: because the potatoes feel a little hard. We're dragging this out, but honestly, this is a relatively quick soup to make. Oh, yeah. Zip zap, you could probably get it done start to finish in a half an hour.
6: Absolutely, and then let it cook for, you know, my mom says 20 minutes because of the potatoes, if you put potatoes in. Mm -hmm. Where's your wine? We've got to put a tablespoon of wine. And then the pepper,
3: put some pepper in there. Okay. Ooh, that looks good. So we put in probably the equivalent of, I'm going to say a tablespoon of pepper and maybe a teaspoon of salt.
6: Because there's salt in the cawhogs and the fat from the bacon is pretty salty. All right, so you know I want to taste what we're working with. Let's let's see, let's see what we did. Oh my goodness, check it out. Oh what? I know. Okay, so now let it sit for twenty minutes. Okay. Cheers. Yes. <laughs> I think I'm feeling the fact that I've only been home for. 24 hours
3: Uh, when you and I were talking a couple of months back you said something that I found very profound there is a preservation of culture in the way we eat Mm -hmm. and the way we understand ourselves
6: Mm -hmm. yeah I'll expound because if you come from a place where you don't have much Mm -hmm. but the food is how you can express your feelings towards the people who you're cooking for. It can be a way of understanding love. It can be a way of not just feeding them to sustain them but helping them really understand that this is not just who you are but the people who came before you that ate this food, the people who will come after you who eat this food, it's a way of expressing hospitality. It's a way of showing how we sustain. And I think because we live in a world that's very fast paced and we don't always eat our meals together that we've kind of had that hiccup and disconnect around that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, eating has become fast food or it's become stuff you put in a microwave and the idea of taking some fresh ingredients putting it in a pot or a pan and creating something magical and tasty is a real expression of how we you know feel towards and react towards one another and it's important yeah it's important right to take time out to cook something for them and it's a profound thing. It's a spiritual thing.
3: Thank you. That was a gift to hear. Oh, sure. <gasps> oh, God, we better get. What time we, time let's time see. Time? Let's look. I think we're probably close. This says five more minutes, so that's probably good. Let's see what we're okay, we let it cook for 15 minutes once we had absolutely everything going, and I think it might be perfect.
6: Nice, nice. Oh my I just want to see the consistency of the potato. That's how you know whether or not it's done. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tell us what you think.
3: Note to our listeners, Elizabeth is upstairs. We've roped her into coming to taste the chowder.
6: Thanks for being our tester. My pleasure.
3: Elizabeth is known for speaking her mind. <laughs> That's the New Yorker in me. All right. It smells good. It's got a different flavor than what I'm used to. We used to go to um, Fire Island, but you you only get Manhattan or New England chowder. We've never had the clear until we moved here. I had it about ten days ago, actually. You're kidding! Clear? Yeah. It's Thank a Rhode Island chowder. And how does this compare to that, Elizabeth?
2: Tell us. It's this is nice. totally different. The smoke just changes the whole thing, and a lot of clams.
6: Cawhals.
2: Oh, these are clawhogs. Right, so That's different too.
6: Well, the clawhogs are really nice. The potatoes are cooked. And it's a nice clear broth.
3: Smoky and it's salty from the ocean. You can taste that. Yep. Thank you. Oh, thank you. That. It's really nice. Are you salivating? Yeah, <laughs> I I realize I'm hungry. See ya. Gotta thank go. You. Thank you, Elizabeth. Pleasure. All right, I'm so excited. We have dished ourselves up some of this chowder and it's steaming. It smells wonderful. Oh my gosh. April, tell us what you think. So, I'm going to be a little critical it's a little salty. I think it's because we used the juice that the cawhogs were in. So no salt needed when you're using your fresh hogs with, what do we call it, ocean broth, ocean water?
6: water. <laughs> broth. I know, the broth of the gods.
3: If you're a savory lover, this is it. Oh. But the pepper,
6: that's everything, right?
3: I think that always brings out a little extra something with seafood as well as potato.
2: Mm-hmm.
6: Mm. Here's always the thing. So, you know, when you eat soup the first night, you're like, then the second day, I think it's going to be outstanding. Yeah. So this is going to be the second day soup because everything is going to settle into the
3: broth and yeah. So I, I'll tell you actually what I like. Actually, I just like all of it. I could eat this broth every (laughs) single day it's rich those hogs gave us so much yeah even when we cut them up they're bigger than a regular clam is and so you really get a bite of that meat it's very satisfying it makes me feel nourished and cared for
6: we did it gladys irene smith would be proud of us Thank you so much for having me, Talia. It's been a joy to spend this time with you. You know, I'm a little vulnerable, a little jet lagged, but I'm going to try not to cry. It's been a joy. It's been an absolute
3: joy. And I thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of this podcast. April Brown, it has been nothing but an absolute pleasure to spend my last day here in New England and your first day home from from Ghana. I'm just so thrilled and to all of our Peace Love and Soup listeners, thanks for sharing the table with us today.
4: You've been listening to Peace Love and Soup,
3: audio nourishment for the heart and mind
4: with Brian Delaney
3: and Tave Fashe Drake.
4: And finally, we couldn't think of a more appropriate quote to end the trilogy. If I die tomorrow, Provincetown is where I'd want my ashes scattered. Who knows why we fall in love with places or people, with objects or ideas. Thirty centuries of literature haven't begun to solve the mystery.
3: Nor have they in any way slaked our interest in it. Provincetown is a mysterious place, and those of us who love it tend to do so with a peculiar, inscrutable intensity.
2: Michael Cunningham but now the little birds seem to be laughing And the curious butts have been freed Through open the windows and let all your old houses breathe The summer's
4: near I can't wait to return to Provincetown I sure hope we did it justice, Tave
3: I hope we did it justice, too I feel like P-Town changes people
4: well, we heard that from many people.
3: Everybody that we met, actually. And I just thought, you know, we never really have to leave it because it's always there right in our hearts.
4: Oh, sweet.
3: When you think of Provincetown, yes. what's the first thing that comes to your mind?
4: Probably the light. When I go and visit Provincetown, I get up really early to watch the sunrise and we'll stay on the beach until the sun sets. It's so gorgeous.
2: Wow.
4: It's a moving painting. Did you see my photos that I took when I was there? I did not. Mm, no, I'll share them later. Me. Maybe I'll put them on our website. I like that. Idea.
3: <laughs> Speaking of the light there. Yes. Being here in Portland, where we have many gray days, it was very liberating for my little Pacific Northwest mm-hmm. brain to be out there and have the sun rise and set in mm-hmm. Provincetown mm-hmm.
4: over the ocean. Kind of turns you around. There's an east and west end of Provincetown, and both face the water. Because the land sort of swoops back on itself. So that's why you get that sunrise and sunset,
3: yeah. And instead yeah. of it being disorienting, it's more magical. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's like Lewis Carrollly in that sense, like, oh, I must be in a storybook. Mm-hmm. So that was neat, too. And I like thinking of all of the different homes that are interspersed with the businesses and all of the people that are outside, both in the streets and on the porches sort of welcoming everybody into their larger home. It's I'm very not,
4: alive. It's its own body, really. It's like yeah. breathing with people. And does that make any sense? It does.
3: Yeah. I'm also sort of reminded of a like a block party. Mm-hmm. Everyone's been vetted, in a sense. Mm-hmm. You just feel like everybody trusts everybody. And people are looking out for you.
4: Mm-hmm. How did it compare to, say, your experience mm. at Burning Man?
3: You know, there were a lot of similarities, mm-hmm. actually. I felt like people immediately got me. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I felt gotten. And I will say, I like being got. (laughs) Like we could just drop right in. And people said, oh, you should just stay longer.
4: What didn't Jay say? It's hard to leave once you've come to Provincetown. It's it's a part of you. And Michael Cunningham's quote. Yeah. yeah. I identified with what a lot of people shared. I went there and it did heal me as well. Um, That was a 2005 when I lived there. And I I remember there was a lot of homophobia on the television mm-hmm. and it was painful to turn the TV on, kind of like it is today. Yeah. And so I sort of went just totally trusting this inner compass saying, go to Provincetown, everything will be okay. And when I got there, people would tell me, Provincetown will either accept you or reject you. And I felt accepted. And I'm so happy that you got to go there and we got to share that together. Mm. It instantly accepted you as well.
3: I like hearing that because I'd heard about P-Town from a number of gay friends, Mm -hmm. and it was delightful for me as a cisgendered woman to still feel my hand held.
4: It feels like a judge-free society.
3: Mm. It's the love of friendship. Mm -hmm. It's the love of understanding and creativity and spark. It was really powerful, and that had a similarity to Burning Man as Mm -hmm. well.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Did you learn anything new or different about the LGBTQIA I community? did. Oh, my God. I you never it. said it that fast. Good job.
3: <laughs> I liked hearing Debbie say that queer can be anybody. Mm-hmm. It's an orientation of thinking and behavior, mm-hmm. sort of like when we say keep Portland weird, mm-hmm. right? Anybody can be a piece of that.
4: Well, we remember when we were kids and you didn't want to be called queer. I mean, I didn't want to be called queer. Right. I don't know about you. So,
3: Queer is the cool word well yeah all the cool yeah. kids are well, queer right, yeah
4: well i have to say we just found out this morning that we're going to be on W O M R and when i lived there i would religiously listen to that radio station one of my favorite days was sundays and they would do like the broadway hour which of course <sighs> you know i love yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, we've been asked to share these shows on a sunday and i'm so over the moon and when i lived there i told myself if i stay in Provincetown, I would get involved somehow with the radio station. So cut to 15 years later.
3: And here you are. Finally
4: got there. Here we are. (laughs) It took moving to the West Coast to (laughs) get on the East Coast radio. (laughs) Well,
3: thanks for bringing me along for that ride. It's sure a fun trip. I love it.
4: I hope you go back.
3: I would like to take Girl Haggard Band.
4: And even Bark the Streets. It's Mm -hmm. work, but I bet you'd have a fun time meeting people that way too.
3: I've learned many a trick from drag queens. They've got a real (laughs) dialed-in performance ethic and Mm -hmm. experience and should probably be teaching things in the junior high and high school level for how to really lead, honestly.
4: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: And I'm curious what P-Town's going to be like in another 10 or 20 years.
4: Me too. What about Portland? Portland.
3: Well, good God, what about Portland, right?
4: Where are we going to be in 10 years?
3: Probably (laughs) (laughs) P-Town.
4: Thanks again to Jay, Liz, Scarby, and Mama Tits.
3: To April, Mark, Dougie, and Blair.
4: To Debbie, Kelius, and the many Michaels we met at the William Scott Gallery.
3: And to the fine officers, friendly dogs, and those who namelessly contributed their voices to this trilogy.
4: A special thanks to Zoe Lewis for generously contributing her world beat vaudeville music to all three episodes.
3: We'd also like to thank RAC, the Regional Arts and Culture Commission, for their grant that made our new website and branding possible. And if you'd like to be an angel contributor, we'd love to hear from you. Please drop us a line at peaceloveandsoup at gmail.com. We are looking for private funding so that we can keep sharing the peace, love, and soup, both regionally, nationally, and around the world.
4: Your thoughts are always welcomed.
3: Be sure and leave us a review, tell a friend, or simply share with us your favorite chowder recipes by going to peaceloveandsoup.com.
4: There you can subscribe to our podcast and sign up for our newsletter. Till next time, keep on soupin'.
2: what i find But there's always a trail of silver behind When I take a walk on Snail Road Time
3: Thank you for listening to Peace, Love, and Soup.
0: You're listening to KBOO Portland at 90.7 FM and streaming on the web, kboo.fm. I'm Don Jacobson, and moving on, we'll be here in just a few minutes right after the news.